Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Hello, welcome everybody to a Couch Divided podcast with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas, the sassy Dr. Robin Hall, the intelligent Dr. Robin Hall. I said sassy. You did say sassy. I like sassy. What is the definition of sassy? I don't know. It's like a uh-uh, girlfriend kind of thing. You know, that's that kind of sassy. I even snapped. We don't do a video podcast, but she would have loved so it. So you see me as like a 1990s mall rat. That's exciting. Ah, I love that movie, though. Oh, that, yes. Great movie. <laughs> great movie. <laughs> the sassy Dr. Robin Hall, the intelligent Dr. Robin Hall. We did the beautiful, the lovely Mother Hall. Oh, right. Mother Hall. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to this, our second um, episode on communication. Yes, communication. The thing that you use with your mouth, we're going to help you with, that oh. tongue. Oh, Nick. To, to read it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's stop and redirect that, like. I'm going to help you with your tongue. <laughs> That's we are better. not. That's we absolutely worse. are not going to do that. Um, not. Nope. Nope. So, yeah. But we hope that we're going to give you or continue to give you some more like useful information about um, basic, healthy, assertive communication skills. So um, in the first episode, I know that I mentioned I was going to go over the um, just so that like to list them for you guys to know. Um the communication disorders that are covered in the DSM. Um, so I thought we could start by doing that really quick, and then I'm going to jump into like some more of the more. I'm, I'm very interested. More of the research stuff. Whatever you break out the DSM, I'm usually interested in what uh, the world is saying about particular disorders and what we what we've identified to be disorders uh, with, especially with communication. Yeah, it seems like there's a you know communication is a cut and dry. You either can or you can't kind of thing, but that's that's so much more deeper. And I believe that the DSM will show us that. So. Well, yeah, I mean, so right then this so this is this is a different angle. The reason that I'm not focusing on this for these episodes is because that like this is a like about pathology, mm-hmm. like communication, fluency, ability, capacity. Right. Um, the other the stuff that we focus on for this episode is like 
average everyday ordinary communication among individuals who are not necessarily coping with a communication disorder. Oh, okay. Um, so, but I did want to go over what's there and then in a future series, we'll talk about them in more detail. So, mm-hmm. um, the communication disorders are actually housed underneath neurodevelopmental neuro, excuse me, neurodevelopmental. Yeah. That's neuro- my, that's my band. Neurodevelopmental. <laughs> Are you guys ready to to see neurodevelopmental? Are you ready to rock? <laughs> so it's like a like an eighties like British glam yeah, rock yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. British invasion. Lots of hair. Neurodevelopmental, <laughs> or just like a you know superhero that failed in Marvel. It's like one oh, of those lost ones. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> neurodevelopmental. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so. Uh, neurodevelopmental disorders um, and they include language disorder speech sound disorder childhood onset fluency disorder which was formerly called stuttering so Hmm. when you think of stuttering that's what the diagnosis will be Um, social or pragmatic communication disorder um let's see Un- and then unspecified communication disorder so everything's got its unspecified <clears throat> yeah we, like each category has got a catch-all so um yeah like i said we're not going to go into detail about any of the specifics related to those today there i mean each one of them could probably be its own episode so right i did just want everybody to know like <laughs> this is when the dsm talks about communication this is what it's talking about, right? Very, very, this is what we're talking about is more like healthy right. ways of communicating in a right. healthy manner versus an unhealthy manner. I, uh, I'm very interested, though. Did you say speech sound? I actually don't even know what I said. Well. um, Speech sound. Yeah, speech sound disorder. So speech sounded disorder? Speech sound okay, yeah. disorder. So, so speech sound disorder. I'm very interested in that because to me it just sounds like, well, kind of how it sounds. Speech sound like, uh, like you you can't pick up speech or you can't. What in particular is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it so, it seems okay, so, so weird. we said we weren't going to go into this. I but know, but why I not? have to okay. hear about this um, one. So uh, remember that the DSM uh, describes disorders with criterion. Yeah. So the A criterion for speech sound disorder is persistent difficulty with speech speech sound production that interferes with speech intelligibility or prevents verbal communication of messages. And I am nowhere closer to understanding this disorder, which we will go over in the future, uh, but it just sounded so interesting uh, so to me. So this is not anywhere near my area of specialty or expertise, but my educated guess would be this is difficulty making certain sounds uh, so you know like r sounds that's what i thought S it was. sounds things like that um and like i said i'm not a speech pa- i'm not a speech pathologist and i didn't work with kids enough that this would have been something i was dealing with frequently so did you ever see the movie king speech oh yeah so great good. movie great so movie. good and that's what i i was starting to think of uh, with that disorder which is why i found well it so he had he was stutter he was a yeah, stutterer yeah. right um, i got a st- 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 stammer so, yeah, so that's that is the childhood onset fluency disorder. Ah, okay, right. So this All is right. this is like the more you know. This isn't a stutter. This is just difficulty making certain sounds in speech. Okay, right. So I'm sure if anybody's really interested, you could put it into you like do a search, and you'd probably find somebody on YouTube or on TikTok that 
has dealt with this or um you know there's like a short video or something i'm going right to it <laughs> so anyway yeah so um we'll do we'll do more like detailed information about those at a later time so um i wanted to talk to you guys about um john gottman's research so um i actually pulled up his little bio oh yeah so you can find this at the got the gottman institute.com the gottman in- institute okay. <clears throat> yeah so this is like kind of a, a big deal kind of guy <laughs> there's a, a really like cute picture of him and his wife so um they're both dr john and julie gottman ah. he's been um he's extremely well known uh, in psychological arenas psychiatric arenas um marriage and family therapy because that's where he spent like his his uh, primarily spent his career researching mm. working with couples um a lot of work on communication so um i'm actually not super familiar with his website but it looks like you might be able to find um some resources for free just through their website but of course you know we're all for capitalism and he wants to make money so um you can purchase good for you him. know his stuff too so anyway um i wanted to give you some like basics that he, that he's come up with that i just think is kind of a neat way of understanding behavior in communication mm-hmm. and um it gives a good analogy for it plus wow. even though to my knowledge he isn't a christian um his analogy uh draws from revelation the, the biblical worldview yeah <laughs> well not even yes i guess or specifically uh, revelation but specifically of revelations from is, revelation so anyway well, he, what is it with these guys first of all like because like all right all right jordan peterson does the same thing with the entire bible this guy it's like they can't escape oh. the, the the wisdom well, you can't, that you god can't gives escape. you just can't escape it no no you like to survive in this world you have to borrow from from god's worldview amen um so yeah so specifically um John Gottman, Dr. Gottman describes the four horsemen of the communication apocalypse. So that's what I mean when I say he (laughs) is drawn from revelation. Um, So, okay. Essentially what these are, are like the, the four things that will kill or like cause the apocalypse of the communication, right? right, Like the breakdown of communication. Um, so I like I like that analogy. I'm I hope that you guys are doing the same thing as I am right now. Once we explain it, like I'm picturing these four different things sitting on top of horses, yeah. you know. And then notice uh, the theology snobs are going to go. I'm a pre mill communicator. I'm a post mill communicator. Oh. <laughs> the uh-huh. four horsemen was around before seventy AD. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um. Essentially, the he breaks down these four critical behaviors that people engage in commonly in communication um, that just suck the life out of the interaction, mm. um, escalate, nothing gets accomplished, just destroy it, create an apocalypse. Okay, bad jokes. So these are. <laughs> Did you say fat jokes? Yeah, those are bad jokes. I said bad jokes, jokes, but fat jokes are bad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not a good idea to do that, like in an argument with your spouse, you know, just as a... Honey, do I look fat? A rule of thumb. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the four horsemen, are you ready? I feel like we need, like, drum roll. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, The first one is criticism. 
Ooh. Okay. So criticism involves attacking the other person or partner. Dr. Gottman is speaking in the context of like a romantic relationship, mm, but okay. you can apply it anywhere. Um, attacking your partner's personality or character rather than focusing on the specific behavior that bothers you. Mm. It's healthy to air disagreements, but not to attack the person's personality or character in the process. This is the difference between saying, I'm upset that you didn't take out the trash and saying, I can't believe you didn't take out the trash. You're just so irresponsible. Mm, yeah. Because mm -hmm. so, that gets nowhere. It's like bringing poison into the into the conversation. Right. It solves so, nothing. It, but like, it really is. It's like, so now because something wasn't done that like I wanted done, I'm making that like about that the other individual's character rather than the fact they just did take out the trash. See, when I even heard that last statement, I'm already thinking about sarcasm in my head. Well, believe it because it didn't happen kind of thing or oh. like, oh, believe it because I didn't take right. it out like right. you, you jerk. You know? So it it puts people's defenses up. Right. And mm -hmm. like you don't even really hear the the trash part of it. What you hear is you're so irresponsible, right, right? right? Like that's the part you focus on. At least that's my experience personally. It's been my experience in the past too as well. Right. And sometimes I needed, you know, a good a kick in the rear. Uh, but uh, yeah, most of the time it's attacking my character. And there's a lot of things that go into the components of one's character. Right. And that you kind of just bring all those scars up, mm -hmm. even in like, I can't believe it. You're so right. irresponsible. So, and here's the thing, like, if you are trying to reconcile, like with a partner, if you're trying to improve your circumstance, your relationship, every time you bring up some kind of character flaw as part of your like criticism, mm. you reopen old wounds that don't mm. need to be opened. Like, remember that you're poisoning your perspective also right. when you do this, right? You're reminding yourself, oh, this is what I really think about this person. They're yeah. really irresponsible. So that's not being wise. That's not being a, right. like sober-minded or in control of your emotional experience. Um, this happens to me a lot when I uh, I have this concept called the you know, the phantom person or the phantom speaker is uh, I talk to myself a lot oh, and I oh. will talk to that other individual not there and what I really want to say and all that poison <laughs> just comes out and you think that you're vetting but it just coats your mind in hatred yeah. and it's really hard to even look at that person in the right light when you actually see them. Right. And so that's something that I've had to repent of in the past. Sure. I'm talking to the phantom person or the phantom speaker kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a concept that I came up with. I, I, I know a lot of people do that. They talk to themselves. But I noticed that I was doing that a lot. And this is really what I want to say to you. Right. And then never actually say it, but never get to the uh, to the point of the conversation where I can actually look at this person in a kind light. Well, right. So it it, it makes the job of forgiveness mm. so much more difficult when you are reminding with especially with a criticism like this whether it's self-criticism like what you're talking about yes or sorry criticism that you're delling out but when you're by yourself yeah right um oh, or, i need to repent again you know <laughs> or you're criticizing in an argument with someone right. um it pulls focus away from the subject like what actually needs to be yes, addressed right, right? right um and you can express that you feel angry or hurt or whatever it might be. I know we use the trash, taking the trash out as an example mm -hmm. during our last episode, but you can say, you know, like when you don't take the trash out, 
I feel like you have, you know, mm-hmm. forgotten my feelings and deliberately did it. You know what I mean? You and, can and, you can express how you feel about something right. without being critical. And this would be effective, especially in consistent behavior like this, right? Like right, right. You consistently haven't taken the trash out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Not just, you know, you forgot or mm-hmm. you did it once and things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it really brings, like, ultimately, communicating that way brings to light other issues. You know, so, you know, what, it, why are you taking it personally that the trash wasn't taken out? Mm. Right? So, yeah. hopefully, that ca- not only does it cause you to be clear in what you're saying, it causes you to gain clarity around your, like, your feelings, thoughts, behaviors. Right. Because you have to look at them. And it gain enough clarity to articulate them clearly. Right. Um, so just, and I think a lot of time, like when we start realizing that we are holding people to unrealistic expectations or standards that we never even vocalized, right? Like if I feel like the trash not getting taken out is like a direct affront to me as a person, but I've never said that, or maybe I don't have any awareness that I'm taking it that personally, how, you know, mm-hmm. how can my partner or whoever, my roommate expect, how, like, ex- how can, how can I expect them to know that? Yes. Right. You know? So you have to communicate. Right. It has things. to be addressed. You know, yeah. nobody is a mind reader. When, um, in well, my re- Jesus. But, yes, he is. Yeah, I mean, right? and, not, and not in the like gypsy <laughs> he crystal knows what you're way. Thinking. Right. Um, the, what's helped me in communication, especially without uh, attacking character, because I come from a family of sarcasm we all we have all done it and i used to be so brutal in attacking people's character because that's the only way that i could slam them for not you know doing what they do but now that you know you're with christ you transform understanding the image of god which we talk about a lot on this podcast and understanding what kind of value the image uh, of god has right? It's preeminent over everything. It's what you should identify with really starts to calm you down. I mean, it really does after you're sanctified in such kind of doctrine is that you're an image bearer of God and you're worthy of love, dignity, and respect. Now that means that that does mean that we do need to have this conversation about whatever you didn't do, but at least I, I'm not going to attack you because I'm an equal sinner. (laughs) And, uh, and so we will have that appropriate conversation about what you need to do. Okay. And also, okay. If you want to even keep it like self-focused, if you don't want to like jump that far, like, you know, outside of self-focused thoughts, how many of like, is there one person on the planet that hasn't forgotten to do something they were asked to do? Right. Or I mean, like it led him without blemish cast the first stone. Right. right, So, so it's extremely arrogant, first of all to approach an argument like that like that you have the that somehow like you have been sinned against worse right in this moment than you have sinned against other people right. and that's just not true right right even if it feels that way exactly so yeah criticism is our first horseman and i don't know what he would look like what would criticism look like on a horse criticism yeah i don't know i mean if we're talking about criticism like it's a good thing no 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 as as the horseman as the horseman as something uh creating the apocalypse i don't know i mean i i want to put a bad actor's face on there it's it looks like gary Busey. oh wow yikes okay (laughs) oh man so just just to let you know when you are 
uh, creating an apocalyptic <laughs> conversation, you are a drugged out Gary Busey. Oh, so. you mean like, so criticism is Gary Busey on a horse? Yes. I don't know. I've never I've watched... seen him try to give advice. He has no... You know, has he ever <laughs> criticized someone? If we're going to follow that logic, it should be like somebody who is like known for being hypercritical. Yeah, so this is probably just bad improv on my part. <laughs> oh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey, but he was the first thing that came to mind. Well, his okay. How about this? Like he is Gary Busey because his face is the way that we react to criticism. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I like that. That's fair. That All right, sorry, Gary. <laughs> You're not even listening. Uh, contempt is our second horseman. Uh, so this is one step up from criticism and involves tearing down or being insulting towards the other person. Oh, wow. Okay. So contempt is an open sign of disrespect. Uh, some examples include putting, like putting the, uh, the other person down, putting your spouse down, rolling your eyes or sneering. Oh, I can't stand that. Mm. Hyper focus on rolling it. your eyes and sneering, tearing down the other person with so-called humor. So that's like the sarcasm stuff you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right there. Um, so like, this is feeling hatred towards the other person, mm -hmm. feeling contemptuous, right. wanting to like inflict injury right. on the other person. That's why you do this. Um, so don't do it. I guess. Don't do it. Um, what like how can if you are acting this way in a conversation, how can you expect any fruit whatsoever to come? Nothing actually gets articulated correctly, directly, articulately. Um, so it doesn't achieve the goal. I mean, what are you well, trying to get out of insulting somebody? I mean, the goal like so that is the goal. The goal is to hurt, not to communicate. Right. Again, to get sorry, a reaction Katie. to, you know, to poke and prod. Um, and why? Like if again, if in the example, the hypothetical of a like a husband and wife that are trying to reconcile their marriage, right. how on earth can you make progress when you are rolling your eyes at your spouse oh, or yeah. snickering at what they've said or being being very sarcastic, mock like mocking, having that spirit about you i'm gonna say this because they never listen i grew up with that mm -hmm. <laughs> and my parents I, I just remember my mom looking at my dad every time she passes by she goes Ugh. oh no the, oh yeah and then he would do it likewise kind of thing it was just it was a, it was a rough childhood they're fine now okay uh, but uh yeah it was just the rolling of the eyes or calling each other names yeah you know, about what they look like you know and oh, no. uh no, it no. seems funny because they had some really good lines but but it was, Ooh, it no, was not funny yeah but it was awful to say to somebody yeah so don't do that again it's poisonous if you're trying to reckon we're supposed to be conducting ourselves in love right yeah that's not loving yeah at all there was no foundation of christ in, mm -hmm. in those areas and some of you know what i'm talking about you know parents rolling their eyes at sometimes even their kids oh yeah i've talked to you about some of my family members just making fun of their kids yes. and then growing yes. up in a complex kind of thing and right I'm like, oh man you don't know mm -hmm. i mean i know that you think it's funny at the time or that you're just being sarcastic and playful but there is some little bit of truth to every kind of mm -hmm. or that you believe is truth to every little kind of uh uh, you know, uh, uh, blast on somebody. Mm -hmm. And it really does start to accumulate over time into this, you know, that individual thinks that, you know, they're that now, you mm. know, whatever this person has said to me, I'm that. You sure. Know? Like yeah. a lot, the, there are lots of messages that get conveyed, right? Right. Uh, when you are, when you have a style of speaking towards somebody that is 
contemptuous or highly critical um there are effects absolutely right. from that um is there ever a proper time for contempt yeah towards sin but i don't think that's there the context go. of this there right i mean if this you're gonna just average if you're gonna be yeah. contemptuous towards your sin yes but right. um like we're supposed to hate our sin we're supposed to kill our sin but no i don't think we're supposed to act in contempt with right or contemptuously right, right, right. um now we don't that like there's no king but christ like we don't kneel before caesar but you don't comport yourself necessarily in a like a contemptuous way right when you're fighting something like that well you know paul and, and he's speaking strictly to you know uh to christians talking to outsiders and strangers uh strangers of this world but uh there it, it is virtuous to let your speech be seasoned with salt and wisdom uh every time you speak whether it's something small or big uh instead always be on the rock that is christ uh which is um uh, which is the fulfillment of the law Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And your spouse, your family members, whoever you're in a relationship or just hang out on a day to day basis, they're going to be your closest neighbor. Uh, treat them like that closest mm -hmm. neighbor. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. They're going to do things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. They're going to forget some things. Right. You're going to see some odd behaviors that make you nervous. Well, so quit punishing. Yeah. Like that's that it's very punishing towards the other individual in, in right. the towards the person on the receiving end of it right okay. um if you have been, like even if you feel totally righteous in you know vindicated because you've been so wronged right there's been right. something egregious that's been done to you um speaking with contempt doesn't do any doesn't do anything in terms of making progress through right. communicating i mean i see this all the time on social media theology wars Oh, you yeah. know, and just battling back. Uh, sometimes the pub can be so critical of, uh, of mm -hmm. each other, the people on there just blasting each other because one guy baptizes a baby and the other guy doesn't. And they're calling each other sure. heretics and condemning each other. One guy believes in the rapture and they're condemning each other because one guy doesn't. Uh, I it, It's I don't mind, you know, friendly and public debates and discussions. No, we should be able to talk with talk to each other. With, dig with dignity and right. respect but i've just seen some just straight poison in condemning each other yeah uh, i mean that's all over the internet period right right mm -hmm. I, I would exhort the uh the people that have disagreements inside the abolitionist movement the, the abortion abolitionist abolitionist movement to talk to each other in private you have a, a disagreement not mm. uh, not, <laughs> not in public don't condemn each other you just look silly i mean that's really good advice period Right. For everyone. Right. Um, so, yeah. So our second horseman is contempt. Um, uh, <laughs> angry face emoji on a horse. I don't <laughs> know. Those things. So. <clears throat> um, so our third horseman is defensiveness. Okay. So this is adopting a defensive state in the middle of conflict. Um, and it might be a completely natural response, but it doesn't help anything with you know regards to communicating or the relationship right so when a person becomes defensive they often um experience a great deal of tension and have difficulty tuning in to what's being said right, right? as soon as the walls go up you're like you, everybody knows this there we all have that point where we're not listening anymore right um because we're like we're just shut off mm. and we all know those points in right. other people right what'd you say <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um 
denying responsibility, making excuses or meeting one complaint with another. Those are all examples of defensiveness. So I have an example of this this morning Hmm. Um, and it was reflexive and silly. But uh, uh, my husband and I went to Costco. Right. right? Um, And we got into the car and somehow or another we got onto the conversation of I had left a Bible that's very important to me in in the outside in a uh, vehicle and in Arizona when it gets to be 300 degrees yep. outside. So my husband, you know, just recommended that I not leave the Bible in the car because I have a sentimental connection to the Bible and it can be ruined in the heat. Um, so <laughs> instead of saying that's a good, that's actually great advice, babe, I'll go get the Bible. Um, what I said was you leave your Bible in the car. And uh, he, his response that was, well, I have zero sentimental connection to mine, but you know, you are right. I shouldn't leave it in the car. So he handled that extremely well. I handled it defensively. Um, but anyway, that's a great example of, yeah. you know, a, a silly, like becoming defensive in a really silly uh, conversation. Were you right? tired? Um, so this obviously would occur on a spectrum. You know, people get defensive over especially when they're being insulted, mm. right? When they're being met with contempt in a conversation. I can get like that when I'm tired. Like I Defensive. Have no room. Yeah, yeah. I have no room for even the, the most sweetest type of criticism or the sweetest type of advice kind of thing. <laughs> uh, like, oh, oh, go get that Bible, sweetie. You know, like, oh, you leave your Bible. <laughs> and they're like, I, I could see me doing that uh-huh. as I'm cranky. Sure. Right, right. Sinful. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Get your sleep. So defensiveness is our third horseman. And then our fourth and final horseman is stonewalling okay this is just simply refusing to respond like essentially the silent treatment Mm -hmm. so occasionally stonewalling can be healthy if they're um so christians are not we're we are encouraged to reconcile right love our neighbor um there are circumstances that require separating yourself from one individual or another right so in that in that situation stonewalling can be healthy putting up a like a solid barrier boundary between you and somebody else that's very very unhealthy right right um but uh, like otherwise in terms of like a typical interaction during a conflict stonewalling means just shutting down and refusing to engage Hmm. right um silent treatment and it's extremely destructive especially when it's happening a lot because it leaves the other person i mean there's no platform for discussion discussion just isn't happening period um and so the person that's trying to have a conversation just is extremely frustrated um because they're not being acknowledged even and so do you think this would be effective let's just say there is a fight and there's an argument um, and tensions are high, and one individual says, you know what, I can't talk about this right now. We need to talk about it later. Please just let me be alone. So that's thing. not stonewalling yeah. as long as you got, as long as they return to the conversation. Exactly. So that's okay. not stonewalling, like taking a break because the conversation is escalating. Right. Great. So Wonderful that's, practice. That's not stonewalling yeah. as long as you actually return to the conversation. Right, right. If you say that and then never come back, yeah. That's not healthy. Yeah. You yeah. know, that is stonewalling. Right. So, yeah. but taking a break so that you can compose yourself or think or pray or whatever it might be. Well, the Bible has uh, some great wisdom in this. Um, you know, Paul says, do not let the sun go down 
on your anger. Like, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger, and then give a foothold, uh, 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 give the devil a foothold mm -hmm. in there. So stonewalling, especially in intimate relationships, and you go to sleep at night, yeah, that's a smooth way for evil and, mm -hmm. a, and a, a recipe for chaos. Right. Yeah. Well, so, and if you're doing it because you just want to be avoidant, that's, it's extremely cowardly. Yeah, it is. I mean, let, let's just call it what it is. Yes, it's cowardly. Um, yeah. If, uh, I mean, there, there, I mean, it could be any one of a million motivations that would, you know, lead you there. Um, so remember, like, if you don't know what to say, if you shut down because you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to say. Right. This is what you say. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed and shut down right now. I need to take a break from this and come back to it later. Mm -hmm. And then it is your responsibility to take the break and come back to it later. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is so different than just walking away from somebody and not saying a word. Right. And it takes two to tango. I mean, if somebody says that we are hoping the other, you know, the other person actually mm -hmm. understands right. and, and, and takes that hint. Setting yeah. down ground rules for communication can be really, really important. So right. like we're only going to talk about really like uh, weighty, meaty, heavy things during the like these specific time. Like we're not going to have that discussion at midnight after a long day. Right. right. Um, so being intentional and smart about setting aside a time to talk about issues that are more difficult. Right. right, right. Um. And then, you know, giving each other grace when emergent situations arise and you can't help but address something that's right. heavier, you know, at a moment when it's less opportune. Right. right, right. But if you set ground rules to communicating like this is what we're going to do and when we're going to do and follow it as best you can. Mm -hmm. You take I mean, you take a lot of the like opportunity for hurt feelings and uh escalation you know to aggression you take a lot of the opportunity for that just kind of out of the equation kind of want to speak to the men here i mean you hit you touched upon a key word is grace and you know in any and all situations grace should be present within your life and we have in the lord's prayer forgive you know if you're going to ask for forgiveness from the lord you need to forgive others yeah as well but then also i love this proverb uh, it's to the glory of man that he overlooks an offense and God says it's the glory of man when he overlooks an offense, not forgets it, not acts like, you know, acts, you know, uh, like it doesn't, you know, it didn't happen or it's not there, but overlooking it mm. in such a way where you forego the offensiveness sure, and just focus on this. You know that they're doing something, you know that they're doing something wrong. It did hurt, but you love them and you're gracious mm. enough to just pursue them anyway. Mm -hmm. One of the best stories that I've ever heard were a man and a couple, there was a pastor and a, a pastor's wife. Am I gonna go into their names or the complete story? But they didn't have a very good marriage when they first started off. Mm -hmm. And now they they preach on, you know, biblical marriage and they stood, you know, started to understand that as they were uh, been sanctified. But uh, the husband was acting like a jerk and the woman usually wasn't easy to get along with either. But in this particular situation, the wife comes up to her husband and says, you know what? I don't know what's going on with you right now, but I'm not leaving you. Mm. And that was, 
you can tell that there was probably a lot of baggage behind that statement. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on in your mind, in your heart. But I am not leaving you. Right. But Which just, means that there's actually emotion. To, like what you're doing causes people to leave. But I'm not doing uh -huh. that. And I, I just kind of delight in those little things like that. And I think that is proving the proverb you know, correct, that it's to the glory of you that you overlook an offense and address it. Well, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, as Christians in marriages, that we are absolutely required to do that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I've said that in my prayers when, uh, you know, suffering comes upon me so much and how, even how I communicate with the Lord, which it says, be diligent with your tongue when you do that. But I go, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving, <laughs> right. you know, uh, mm -hmm. because you can feel that suffering. We have a, we have a, 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 a I am prone to wander, Lord. I feel it. Yeah. Prone to leave the God I love. We all know it's there. Let's just be honest. Yeah. There have been times where you would say, maybe it would be better off that I wasn't a Christian. Mm. And I know that this is deviating from the topic, but I guess it comes back full circle. Is that there is some part of your communication that you can say that to the other individual i don't know what's going on but i'm not leaving sure i mean honestly even if you just didn't know anything about the other individual and you made a statement like that chances are you'll hit on like some kind of fear of a you know abandonment or rejection uh, that's at like at play whether they realize it or not mm -hmm. um yeah, it's there. And it's just, re, you know, around. reassuring. Yeah. I mean, that was probably really specific to their circumstances. In, in their context, it was very sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, and we're, like, we're called to... <sighs> marriage is a covenant, right? Amen. So, you don't want to be living in broken covenant. Right. So, to help yourselves use healthy communication tools to talk to each other, mm -hmm. to work through stuff. Um, what we, you know, in the last episode, we talked about those if then statements and then a proposal, like a suggestion of how something would be different or changed in the future. This is right. what I, my expectation, what I would like to see going forward. Right. If you pra start practicing talking to each other that way, it will feel very much like you are in kindergarten, right? right. Like I, kind of harped on before we should learn this stuff when we're young but we don't um and then once you get like a good rhythm a good habit of yeah. it sit down and start and start talking through some of the other stuff i i like how you said rhythm because i, I think that sometimes starting off with these kinds of uh, advices it may sound robotic to you as, oh, you're, yeah. as you're communicating it'll feel super weird yeah it feels mm -hmm. super weird but as you start to you know you have your own personalities you have your own ways of communicating uh once you have this advice uh mingled in with encompassing you mm -hmm. you start to find your own rhythm so so um dr gottman has Four antidotes to the four horsemen. Right. Okay. Jesus, 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 I know. Jesus. Well, right. I know. <laughs> I was like antidotes. Like, I wish he could have stayed with the theme of revelation, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, this is where secular psychology enters <laughs> a, a, a biblical worldview. You know, like, there's them. no yeah. antidote to the apocalypse. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> nope. so as opposed to being to criticism, right? Complain without blame, right? right? <laughs> I know it's so corny. So like this is the thing this is the thing I don't like, right? This is the target behavior that I like addressing. And it's you. This is how I feel about it and this is what I would like to see change in the future. Right. So with no like 
uh, commenting at all on character or, mm. you know, personhood. So hard. So hard. Um, <laughs> defensiveness. So the antidote to defensiveness is taking responsibility. So instead of meeting my husband's advice with, well, you leave your Bible in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, babe. See, the sassy I should Dr. Robin. I should not leave my Bible in the car. <laughs> Well, if sa- sassy is another word for sinful, so what, I guess. What did you say after that when you when you said that? Did you go, you know what? That was wrong. Um, like, I did, actually. I yeah. totally took – I did take responsibility after that. I can't remember verbatim what I said, but I, like when I once I realized that I had been defensive, I was like, oops, sorry. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, though. Um, that's, that's funny. So the cure or antidote for contempt – Build culture of appreciation. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying about what we say, <clears throat> the insults that we hurl, they poison our, like our personal opinion of right. the individual that we're spewing them out, right. spewing them at. So it, this is a shift of focus from the things that bother us to the things that we appreciate. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Dr. Gottman has a, like a multi-step process to doing this and all of his literature that you can buy. Right. I don't have that, but um, build a culture of appreciation is pretty simple. Build a culture of appreciation. I mean, I mean, even the Bible says that, I mean, uh-huh. you know, a, a gratitude should be a, a natural response uh-huh. for a Christian's heart. And even because everything is providentially given to you by God, right. including your spouse, by the way. And right. And <laughs> you should be do like the work that you're doing should be to the glory, glory yeah. of God. So right. Think gratitude. Yeah. yeah. And start with salvation. Um, stonewalling his antidote to that is to do physiological self-soothing so i'm sure this is more mindfulness based we haven't done any episodes on this specifically um and i don't really want to get into it when this really strong opinions on what the world calls mindfulness what yeah we'll rabbit we would rabbit trail a lot so but essentially this is stuff like deep breathing um like being attuned to your physiological response um (laughs) so that you can help prevent stonewalling i'm cringing right now you're cringing yeah yes um i mean there's nothing wrong with being aware no not at all i mean i I have to take deep breaths a lot that's why i'm cringing and i'm like oh man i take deep breaths too much right yeah yeah so anyway um i hope that was helpful um don't engage in these four horsemen right of the communication apocalypse avoid them um and then like this is really the only other thing i wanted to say um, one of my favorite communication metaphors is of the bucket in the repairman. Okay. So very, very frequently um, when we are talking to somebody, we are talking to them with the hope or expectation that they are either going to act like a bucket or a repairman. So okay. we either want them to just hold space for us mm. To sit with us and what we're saying and how we feel, comment on how we feel and be supportive, right? Hold our stuff with us. Or we want a repairman. We're looking for advice. We want somebody to interject uh, helpful hints (laughs) into into their response to us. Okay. Um, So let me give you an example of how this 
this can be handy and um, in helping eliminate some communi- communication faux pas. So um, let's just say that I come home from work. I'm exhausted. I've had a horrible day. And I sit next to my husband and I just start in. I'm like, oh, my goodness, babe. It was just another horrible day at the office. You would not even believe Nick. Like what he did today, it was just so <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> I say that about myself. I stare at myself in the mirror. Right. I, you don't. You don't know. This is entirely what hypothetical. I can't even say it with a straight face. So um, the office. If anything, Nick couches. would probably complain about me, rightfully. But um, so oh, babe, like it was just awful. You know, Susie did this, and now when my Susie. manager did, <laughs> my manager did this, and you know, blah blah blah. Okay, so my husband, who is a man, and by nature a repairman mm-hmm. could respond as a repairman. Right? right. And say, well, I've been telling you to get a new job for the last six months. Right. Okay. So that hits the wife as like super cold and offensive because her point, she wasn't looking for a repairman. She was looking for a bucket. Mm. She wanted like the response she was looking for was more akin to, wow, that sounds like a really hard day, babe. Hmm. Okay, so I know that like it sounds like a re- it is a really simple metaphor um, and it might seem silly, but your partner or the individual that you're speaking to does not automatically know what you are looking for. Right. Right. So the assumption that my husband knows I'm looking for a bucket, not a repairman is on me. Right. Not on him. If I make it clear what I'm looking for. Like, babe, I just need you to be my bucket right now, right? Then the advice giving that makes me upset can be avoided, right? Yeah, don't kick that bucket. (laughs) All Um, right, so that, like, women tend to frequently want buckets, mm. not repairmen, and men are typically repairmen, okay? So solution, solution, solution. What I'm not saying is that men like husbands specifically and fathers shouldn't lead their household. They right. need to do that. Um, what, I, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this can kind of alleviate some of the like growing pains of just day-to-day communication. Sure. Making your expectation clear. Like I just need to come home and talk to you about this without, without advice. Right. I just want you to sit with me, hmm. be my bucket. Right. Or like this problem, it, I need help with this problem. I need right. you to be a repairman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, men and, and women, uh, you have a responsibility towards God first. You can't help the end of, uh, other individual without the overflow of loving God. That's why it's the first and greatest commandment kind of thing. So there are going to be situations where you're having to have to sit down and, and maybe give the advice. However, check on our heart first. You know, babe, that must be a tough day. Things sure, like that. Sure. These are just practical things to not only mitigate the response to a possible solution conversation, mm-hmm. but then it actually shows that you care. And that right, right. And that you heard what was being said. Yeah. And then right. you may be more open to that conversation that, you know, possibly uh, needs a repairman. Yeah. Right. I mean? Yeah. So 
And this, I hate the bucket repairman thing. Like I, 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 I agree with it, but I just hate names and cringy. And I'm like, I'm not going to be your bucket. Well, okay. <laughs> there's a hole in your bucket. Like I, I, like, I don't I mean think. like you know you're supposed to like catch everybody's emotional vomit. That's not. No, what I mean. I'm just a cringy man that hates words like that. You know, it's just borderline cute. Uh huh. Yeah, it is kind of cutesy. I want to um, be like a tackle box. I like it because it's simple and yeah. easy to remember right. and. It, it can be help, like a good help, like a launching point to setting expectations for conversations. Right. Right. Um, I'll never look at a bucket the same again. <laughs> so, you know, and then I, like I'm not I'm also not encouraging people to go home from work and vent in a critical or gossipy way. <laughs> you so hubby, please don't do hubby, that. I just need you to be my bucket. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh my about? gosh, James would be like, James. I'm going to hit you with a bucket. Yeah, he, he, he would. I mean, I'm sure I've shared that metaphor with him before, but he would just like, he would think that was hilarious. There's, and a, there's a lot of mitigation and humor. If you were to say that, you had a tense situation and that came out of your mouth. And oh, he, and he I laughed. just need you to be my bucket. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to be my bucket right now. Yeah, I just need you to be my bucket. I, I think that your emotion uh, with that, that bad situation would be over because you'd both be, you know, hysterically laughing. Oh, and, uh, man, if yeah. he's of that yes 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 definitely want me to be a repairman babe <laughs> yes go get the tool bed light the candles <laughs> so yeah so anyway i hope this was helpful interesting um we love hearing from you guys let us know um you know what other topics you want us to cover um you know if this information was helpful if you want to hear more about something specifically um yeah and like us share us tell your friends about us Right. Yeah. And communicate well about us. <laughs> Don't hold them to contempt. You didn't listen to Couch Divided. How dare you? You're such, you know, I told you to do that. <laughs> right. I need a bucket right now. You need to listen. <laughs> yeah. No, don't use any of the stuff we talk about as like weird communication weapons. Well, and this is a Couch Divided and we want to bring the biblical worldview into this. But we also want to see where it, it combats to as well. And, and if you don't mind, I'm going to go over just a, a couple of, of Proverbs and Psalms in here just to get a biblical presence. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then I think that's a, a good spot to leave off here because the Bible, it, it blanket statements a lot. It doesn't go into the categories because everything is going to be predicated upon the, fil- the fulfillment of the law, right? Um, and so uh, you'll see a lot of what Gottman was saying is that you can't have have this without the law so this is why i delighted in what you're saying uh but a fool like a proverbs 18 a fool's lips bring strife mm. okay where's the fool mm-hmm. <laughs> in the uh, the the apocalypto oh. <laughs> um, uh, four horsemen i mean i would say like engaging in any of these yeah. could the, be considered foolish the person of contempt the person of ill criticism the uh. person of these things and he goes the fool's lips bring strife and his mouth calls for blows he's basically saying when you yap and you yap wickedly. Yes. <laughs> you cause problems. You cause problems. And we know how evil we can be with our tongue. Mm. Even to the slightest degree to the maximum degree. Even a slight stab of sarcasm or a really harsh word that even, mm-hmm. you know, like your mother would, would be mortified <laughs> uh, hearing that you said that. And he goes, a fool's mouth is his ruins. A fool's mouth is his ruin. Mm, yeah. And his lips are a snare of Oof. his soul. 
Right. Not just a, a snare to the mind, but his soul, the very image of God that bears in you. Right. It's a trap. You wow. get yourself in a trap with ill speech. Yeah. You start thinking, I should have said this, I should have said that, or this and that, and that poison that we were talking about in the beginning. That's really what I think that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he goes, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul and trouble uh, from troubles. Right. So he really is saying that, hey, when you open your mouth, speak wisely. When you open your mouth, let it be edifying and building up. Let it be uh, laughter, humorous, sweet, loving, caring, mm-hmm. all, whatever that may be. Sometimes, yes, you have to have that that dark tone uh, so you can get your point across. Be- but when that person, I've, I've ran into two categories of people with that harsh tone. One loves me and the other doesn't. Um, and so like a father saying to his child, listen, you need to stop doing drugs I love you too much. I, I hate that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And that that does sound harsh and he's being intense, but you can tell it's coming out of a place of love. Then there's the father who goes, I can't believe you're a dirty drug addict. And I, oh, I didn't raise you this way. Get out of my house. Uh, so that's uh, that's what you don't right. want to be. Well, and so like and this isn't us blaming anyone. So I am very guilty of all of these things. Me too. Um like please don't see us like talking to you from any type of ivory tower um and it it's very easy to let your emotions especially strong emotions in the moment sweep you away right right? um and if we've all had that happen and it's sinful right when we do it so learning to be that the sober-minded in like in control of how you in control of your tongue in control of your behavior right. um, is important. Now, God is the expectation is not that we don't have a response. Right. We are not supposed to be stoic and robotic. You mm. know, we've we've talked about it a lot and we'll always come back to it. Scripture is very, very plain about emotional reactions to things. Um, you know, Jesus wept. So right. um, it is not at all the expectation that we shouldn't respond. Right. Um but we have a level of responsibility yeah. in guarding what we say and what we do in reaction to something. Yeah, in some the, circumstances, of course, that's more difficult than others to employ. Yeah, the hear no evil, see no evil response in communications that we sometimes get, like uh, I can think of the Stonewall situation in that where you just totally are, you just get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you kind of thing. And the cold shoulder, it's not a virtue in the Bible whatsoever. You know, you address the situations and you dress it right away. I mean, they don't even, the Lord doesn't even want you to go to the the table. Sure. Without reconciling into the people. With your that brother. You, yeah, yeah. With your brother. I'll leave off of this in Ephesians four, uh, verse 29. He says, no, uh, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Uh, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Now, that's a, a kind of a, um, a new translation, but I really like the way it worded it. Uh, uh, it said, according to the need of the moment, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we basically some, you know, broke down those categories that I do agree with that uh, there are particular <coughs> tones and particular things for a particular moment and uh and it says no uh, let no unwholesome word now how do you know what is unwholesome the law of god mm-hmm. so remember god remember your neighbor 
and yes, that includes the Ten Commandments inside of that, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, you know, no, uh, no lying, no coveting, no, you know, all, all of that. Um, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, mm-hmm. um, but only that which is good for building up right. somebody. And it is hard to pull off. You're a sinner. You're going to need to repent. We all do. I do. <coughs> Even at this moment, I, I, I can be convicted of things that I've said that I didn't realize I was saying that at the time. But mm-hmm. then I was doing that. And I go, oh, you know what? There's probably a better way to communicate. Right. And so I hope that the people that are listening to this maybe, you know, thought that as well. Yeah. I mean, be just don't rush yourself through it. Like, take the time you need to make sure that you're communicating in a good way. Right. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with taking a moment to compose yourself and articulate what you're, what you're want, wanting to say. So, so that you aren't reacting critically right. or harshly, meanly, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, just, I think that's a good spot to leave off. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, if you have any questions about this episode, even concerns about it, uh, uh, feel free to email us uh, uh, and uh, tell us what you think. Um, we've already uh, asked you to like, uh, subscribe and share. So do all of that. I did a little, I did that a little early. I guess. Yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the wonderful world of editing. We can do anything nowadays. That's true. <laughs> well, Indeed. we love you guys. We hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Uh, love God, love your neighbor. And just keep in mind that in this world, you have many trials, many tribulations, many sufferings, but take heart. Christ has overcome the world. Amen. <laughs>